Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I'll stand. Hello once again and welcome to Chowchilla Church of Christ podcast. We are excited as we are going through the book of Revelation, getting some of the primary details and points in description of this wonderful book of 22 chapters divided 11 plus 11. The first 11 chapters address the churches of Christ and their struggle with Satan and sin and the Savior's coming to deliver them. And the last 11 chapters deal with the churches of Christ, the Christians, victory, conquering, and overcoming Satan and sin by the Savior Jesus Christ. In this episode today, we will discuss the recognizing of revelation. Before we do, would you please pray with us? Once again, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to share as you show us the scriptures. We do not understand all these things, but we know you do because you're the one who wrote and you gave and you sent them for the Christians then directly and for us indirectly. Will you please help us not to just take the literal things of this book and act like we know them and apply them to our day and time and circumstance and situations, though we are in some difficult times. We pray for our nation. We pray for this world. We pray for all the evil that's going on among us, each one of us. We pray that you will help us to take this book and use it as a means of comfort, as a means of consolation, as a means of spiritual counseling to aid and to give guidance to each person who will listen and learn how to do the godly exercise in the midst and in the middle of a crazy world that's being guided and directed by the devil. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. We're talking about right now, recognizing revelation. Last time we were together, we were realizing some details in the book of Revelation and please stay with us. These particular facts will give you and I not only insights, but inside information to the book. We want to share and show and recognize the significance of the colors and numbers in the book of Revelation. Though we have mentioned them before with a little bit more detail, uh, Ray Summers and also Bill Willer 
they give some material that gives the backdrop of the numbers. For example, the number one means unity, togetherness. We know there is one God. Now that is disputed by certain religionists, questioned by atheists, not believed by uh, agnostics, and then of course put in many variations by free thinkers and philosophers. But the internal proof of one God is given in Ephesians 4 and verse 6, where the Bible says there's one God who is the creator of all, who is in you all and through you all. I happen to believe, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one God. He is the God that is the creator. He is the God that is the almighty. And that word almighty is used in Revelation chapter one. And John writes about him as being such in verse eight. Take a listen. Jesus says in the claim, I am almighty. I am the alpha and the omega. That means the first and the last letter or letters in the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the ending dating back to the ancient of days in Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God being the almighty took nothingness and made somethingness. How do you do that? I don't think any of us are capable. But ladies and gentlemen, he says at the end of verse eight, Jesus speaking, which is present, which was history, and which is to come in the future. The Almighty, in the language that that emanates from, it is El Shaddai, the strong-breasted one, ready to stand up to Domitian, the wild, savage, crazy emperor, and beat him to death, that he would take him completely out of existence. And any antichrist, any, anyone standing and challenging and going against our Lord Jesus Christ. The Almighty, the El Shaddai, is ready as he will come into the middle of the churches of Christ and he will declare and describe and designate himself distinctively as the only one true God above any so-called God on this planet. The number two represents strength. In Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse nine, Two is better than one, for they have a better reward. The number three, it means divine completeness. It is a sacred number repeated over and over again all throughout the Bible, mostly in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, John writes, there are three that carry record in heaven, the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I am so glad he didn't say a God or a Father, a Son, a Holy Spirit. That meant or would mean it could be anyone and any of us. The Bible is so specific, so concrete as we recognize the writing and look closely at it prayerfully, ladies and gentlemen, three is divine completeness. Two is divine confirmation. 
One is divine unity and togetherness. And this, let's look at the number four. It means earthly completeness in nature. In Revelation 7, 1, I want to read that one. Turn there with me. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 1. John writes, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Earthly completeness in nature. The four corners, the four directions, etc. The number five and its multiples with five, 10 all the way up to 50, etc., signify human completeness. We have five fingers. It's interesting. We have five toes. Interesting. We have five senses. The five, the 10, the 50, these are significations, if you will, of human completeness. Now, the number six, one short of seven implies imperfection, failure. Sometimes, as we will see in the book of Revelation, evil taken to its highest potency, 666. In Revelation chapter 13, when we get there, at the last verse, John will mention in verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 600. Three score and six, 666. It is evil in the worst degree. It is evil taken to the max. It is evil in its highest potency. The number seven implies perfection, completeness, inclusiveness. This is about God. This is about Christ. This is about the Holy Spirit. We will see in Revelation chapter one and verse four, or even now, if you open your Bible, John to the seven churches, it says in Asia Minor, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Well, I thought there was only one Holy Spirit. The information that the apostle Paul writes uh, to the church of Christ in Ephesus, it says in Ephesians chapter four and beginning at verse number three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In verse four, there is one body and one spirit. But here in Revelation chapter one, in the latter part of verse four, John says, the seven spirits which are before his throne. How about that? That's not confusing, ladies and gentlemen. When Paul says in Ephesians 4 that Christians should strive to keep the unity of the spirit, remember the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, meaning he can be at any place and several places at any time or at all times or at many times. Unlike us, we are three-dimensional. We can only be at one place at one time. And we can only go up and down, sideways and across and backwards and forward. Interesting to note that though the Holy Spirit is presented in Revelation chapter one as being sevenfold, seven spirits, capitalized, capital S-P-I-R-I-T-S, which are before his throne, Holy Spirit 
has the eternity and the eternality of the Almighty God. He is God in the spirit. He can manifest himself and make himself known in several different spirits and yet still be all the one Holy Spirit before God's throne. The number 10, again, completeness from a human standpoint, 10 fingers, multiples going 100 and 1,000, perfection, fullness, or long indefinite period of time. The number 12, four, earthly multiplied times three equals 12. It gives the divine. It is symbolic in religion of the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, the 12 gates, 12 is a perfect number in Hebrew numerology. 12 times 12, by the time we go to Revelation, means 144. In Revelation uh, chapter 7, John will mention 144,000 were symbolized and signified and sealed by the writing that is there. Once again, God's people for this number 12 to get a little bit more detail to recognize there is three and one half, which is cut in half, which would three and one half plus three and one half would equal seven. Thus incompleteness or imperfection, 1,250 days equal three and a half years or 42 months, which is in Revelation chapter 12. Three and a half years ladies and gentlemen, or three and a half years or 42 months or 1,250 days in Revelation chapter 12 is how long the church of Christ goes into hiding underground to escape the persecution temporarily of the savage, brutal, wild, beastly emperor who's forcing emperor worship upon the saints. Now we go to the colors. The color white signifies purity. I find it interesting that in Revelation uh, chapter 1, John says in verse 14 in his description and depiction of recognizing Jesus Christ, he says his head and his hairs were white like wool. <laughs> I was in a Bible discussion and I was explaining uh, to one of my friends and some of the people of God that some have taken this literally to say that Jesus, the second part, when it says his hair was like wool, that meant that he was a black man or he was a white man and he was a Hispanic man or he was an Asian man. And while yet those are conjectures and uneducated guesses by way of the scriptures, we do not mean to offend anyone, but ladies and gentlemen, if you read closely, it says his head and his hairs were white like wool. It did not say they were wool. It said they were like. The word like means it is similar, not re reality or actual. We thought we better point that out as we talk about colors. Not only does the color white means purity, it means righteousness. It means innocence. Now here, the color black is used by the time we get to Revelation uh, chapter 6. 
we will see the color black means distress. In Revelation chapter 6, John will say at verse number 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Uh, the color red means war, bloodshed, interesting. In Revelation chapter 6, the Bible says, and John writes these particular words, verse number 3 and 4. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. Verse four, and there went out another horse that was red and power was given to him that sat there upon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And taking this reference from Zechariah chapter six and verse two, all the way up to Revelation chapter six, verse three and four. And today there is a principle and a spirit of killing one another in our nation, all over the world. Just look at the news. I told you, and we told you good folks before, that Revelation has some historical, it has some present reality, as well as the future. Though much of it has been covered and also completed in the distant past, there is some connection to some of the events that are happening today. If they were not, then there would be no need for the book to be placed in the Bible. It would be your and mine prayerful, that is, asking of God through Christ by the Holy Spirit to understand how these things that are written in Revelation apply to our wayward, contrary, and devastating situations of all the killings that are going on in the land today. The peace of God has been taken from the earth, and it has been replaced with confusion and conflict and chaos with killings of innocent babies and children and all kinds of people, even emperors and leaders and presidents and governors and rulers. It's unpredictable, unsafe, unsure, but people must know all these things are in God's word. And we do have a principle here in Revelation chapter six, verse three and four. But not only that, we mentioned there in terms of the color red, but the color pale is mentioned, meaning famine and death. In Revelation chapter 6, once again, John writes these words. He says in verse 7, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice say, Come and see. Verse 8, And looked, that is, I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that saddled him, was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth and to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with famine with the beast of the earth. Now, don't worry, we're gonna get into a description of all these a little bit later. We're just trying to give us some recognition of the colors. Uh, the death, being, if you will, not only physical death, as we will see in the book of Revelation, but spiritual death. Now, the, the color purple has to do with the pomp and the luxury and the royalty, if you will, of those who were supposed emperors. Scarlet color 
of blood, thus persecution means suffering and cruelty. Well, those are, if you will, the colors that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. And last but not least, we want to give some key words. I appreciate one of our brothers. He's gone on now, uh, brother Dr. Wayne Jackson, who was the minister of the Church of Christ in Stockton, California. And he wrote uh, some scholarly historical information and study in Revelation from the material, his material, describing some of the key words, like the word almighty. It is a Greek word, pantokrator. Pan meaning all, kratio is to hold. And in nine of the 10 uses in the book of Revelation, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, this is one of those scriptures that gives a reference to that. I would like to read that. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 and verse number 18, to connect this with what Brother Jackson has mentioned, Paul writes, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The word all means he's over everything and everybody. He's over everything object. He's over everybody person. There's nobody bigger, better, stronger than the almighty God. So he's called the almighty all throughout the book. Now, the early Christians faced death for the cause of Christ. They needed to know God was in control. So he had to be the almighty. He had to have his throne. The Greek word thronos, T-H-R-O-N-O-S, means dignity, power, and authority. Three-fourths of the uses are found in Revelation, which is highly significant that the throne of God is talked about over and over and over again. Why? Because the Christians needed to know how to spell relief. They needed to know that though things were out of control, that Jesus Christ is still in control today. Though it looks like you and I are in a world that's gone to Hades, a world that's gone hellacious, a world that is out of control, spattering down farther, deep and dark. Jesus Christ said a long time ago in Matthew 28 and verse number 18, all power and all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. But not only are the key words almighty, and the key word throne, and now the key word crown given to him. We must tell you that sometimes that word throne will appear on earth as sometimes it appears as Satan having his throne and reign here on earth. If you go with me to Revelation chapter 2, and verse number 12, John writes, and Jesus says, and unto the angel, the angelos of the church in Pergamos, write these things, says he with the sharp sword with two edges, verse 13, I know your works where you dwell, even where Satan's seat is, where Satan's rule is, and you hold fast my name and has not denied the faith. Satan has a throne. Satan has a rule. The apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 called him the God of this world, small, lowercase g. And so he has a crown. He has a rule. He has a reign, but he doesn't have more power than Jesus Christ. 
the deity of God, of Christ and the Holy Spirit still rules in spite of the temporary victories that the devil and his evil postulate. The next word is the word crown. The Greek word for crown is stephanos. It means a crown or the crown of victory. For that reference, you want to look at uh, chapter 10 and verse 2. Stephanos is that crown of victory that Christians will get because they were victorious, overcoming evil and the devil and all those things that were against them. The second Greek word is diadem. It means a crown of royalty. See Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3, chapter 13, verse 1, and 19 and verse 12. In the first instance, Satan claims authority, but he doesn't have it. But Christ will triumph. The lamb is another key word. The Greek word amnos, A-M-N-O-S. Lamb refers to sacrifice. This term is used in the New Testament but not once in Revelation, several times. What we have here is the term lamb, not meaning and referring to the physical, a physical lamb, but picturing Christ and denoting him as the living creature or creation of God. Now, what we find interesting, last but not least, is that there is an inappropriate rendering of the beast in view of our present day to try to make a modern translation of a living creature. The word in the Greek, therion, T-H-E-R-I-O-N, a wild beast. Many scholars believe these beasts are symbolic of pagan Rome and later papal Rome. See mark of the beast, horses, Hippos almost always used as instruments of war. And in Revelation, the horse is a symbol of hostile persecution, forces against Christianity, along with the wild beasts and those animals, those creatures that are mentioned there. We just wanted you to know that we are doing our best to recognize some of the backdrop of Revelation. So once we get into the book more, ladies and gentlemen, it'll make more sense. We want to mention as we close that John will say that the horse is symbolizing while yet hostile persecution forces against Christianity, it is not forever. The Greek word ace, E-I-S, means an age, eternity. Sometimes it's used in the Old Testament as a limited period of time. But always in the New Testament, it denotes that a time that is unending. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 10. We want you to know that John says, once again, must shortly come to pass or take place. Did a little bit more studying and picked up the words, the phrase must shortly come to pass in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 1 does not just mean, if you will, going to happen, if you will, with a short period of time, but it means with speed, with swiftness, or quickly. It is a word in the Greek, antasheo, E-N-T-A-C-H-E-I. It means with speed, with swiftness, with quickness. Not all revelation would happen in the near future. 
but it would be quickly. That's why we said before, ladies and gentlemen, much of Revelation, particularly chapters two and three, the on Tashea is used twice in Revelation. The speed, the quickness, chapter one, verse one, in chapter 22 and verse six, the latter reference is taking and talking about the second coming, which clearly shows that the event did not happen soon, but it will happen with suddenness, quickly, and in the future. We thought we would give those principles, and we hope we didn't literally confuse you. We hope we didn't give you too much information and overwhelm you, but we felt it necessary that we recognize some more things as we approach some of the schools of thought of the book of Revelation. And the next time we get together, we will talk about some of the approaches. And then from that point, we will get into the context of the entire book. Thank you for being with us today in this study of recognizing Revelation. We invite you to join our worship if you're in the area. Our address is 701 Trinity Avenue, Chowchilla, California. Chowchilla Church of Christ, 93610. Our phone number is 559-223-1973. Our email address is Christ at gmail.com. And would you be so kind now to close out with me in prayer? Father, we thank you again for this time that we have in your word. Guide our hearts, direct our minds. Give us this day not only a clear and more precise understanding of Revelation, but the willingness to apply it the way that you have written it for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Stand 
triumphant in victory Since curse has lost its grip on me For I am His and He is mine Bought with the precious blood of Christ Power of Christ, I'll stand. 